This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. Navigating Parkinson's disease can be challenging, but we're here to help. Welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast. Tune in as we discuss what you should know today about Parkinson's research, living well with the disease, and the Foundation's mission to speed a cure. Free resources like this podcast are always available at michaeljfox.org. Hi, welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast. I'm Larry Gifford a proud member of the Michael J. Fox Foundation Patient Council, executive director of PD Avengers, and the host of another podcast called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. As we've all learned from our COVID-19 experiences, isolation, quarantine, masks, social distancing, it can make for a lonely existence. Who misses hugging friends more than me? Nobody. That solitude can amplify symptoms, exaggerate emotions, and lead to a realization that it's dinner time and you're still in your bed clothes from the night before. At the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the realization actually was everybody in the community needs a buddy. People with Parkinson's, care partners, family members, we all need someone. It's always been important to build social connections with others in the PD community, but never so desperately as the last year and a half. While the Michael J. Fox Foundation was founded on funding research, Engagement with the PD community was almost immediately a complimentary focus. The Michael J. Fox Foundation launched in 2000 with a singular goal, to cure Parkinson's disease. We focused on raising vast sums of money to fund the most promising research, but a funny thing happened on the way to cure Parkinson's. The foundation grew into more than a research organization. Our forums, events, even our website became a nexus for a Parkinson's community to form, one that offered support, advice, and mentorship. PD patients discovered the best way to connect to other patients was often through us. To meet this need, the Foundation created the Parkinson's Buddy Network, an online network designed to connect members of the Parkinson's community, allowing them to make meaningful connections, engage in important dialogue, find PD resources, and build long-lasting relationships. The Buddy Network is available online at parkinsonsbuddynetwork.org, and we'll share that address in the podcast liner notes, too. Well, I would like to introduce you to our panelists today. Uh, Stephanie Paddock is the Vice President of Community Outreach and Events at the Michael J. Fox Foundation and the lead on the Buddy Network. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Larry. Bob Harmon, person living with Parkinson's and Parkinson's Buddy Network member. Uh, Bob joins us from Central Florida. He's 73 years old, an active Team Fox member and a longtime MJFF community member. Hello, Bob. Hey, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's good to have you here. Thank you for taking some time for us. Chris Kester-Beyer, a person living with Parkinson's diagnosed in 2017, like me, and uh, Parkinson's Buddy Network member. He lives in Nebraska, 64 years old. He joined Team Fox in 2020 and is a little bit newer to the MJFF community. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. I love that we're doing this buddy network. Everybody's like, I wish there was like a social media platform for people with Parkinson's where we could just talk about things and I didn't have to hide things from my friends that don't know about my Parkinson's yet or my colleagues. And this is really, uh, Stephanie, this this buddy network is uh, blossoming into this great community online. 
Yeah, I mean, we have seen such a great response, uh, people signing up. The Parkinson's Buddy Network really is designed, and, and I like to think of it as kind of Facebook meets LinkedIn, but without all the other noise as a way for members of the Parkinson's community to connect. And so it's for people with Parkinson's, their loved ones, their care partners, and is a way to really make connections, whether that's a one-on-one connection through messaging, share different stories or questions or comments in a public discussion, join different groups based on different interest areas and just a way for people to connect. We know that those feelings of apathy and isolation and loneliness can can be apparent in, in people living with Parkinson's. And so the Buddy Network kind of stemmed from an idea and we very quickly got things up and running. When we launched our beta product in December of 2020, We had just a couple hundred people in the platform, but it gave us an opportunity to work out some kinks and learn from them and see what was missing. And now we have nearly 2,500 people in the platform and are looking to have 5,000 active users by the end of 2021. It's an ambitious goal, but we're halfway there. And we are just so pleased to see that Connections are being formed, people are engaging in open discussion, and, you know, Chris and Bob are just two of the incredible people that have connected through the platform so far, and we're excited to see what comes. We also are promoting events through the network, our third Thursday webinar series and some of our upcoming community events. Chris, how did you hear about the uh, Budding Network? Got the email from Fox Foundation that uh, they were testing this new beta platform and uh, asked to, to me to join it. And uh, I did put out my profile there and started searching and in my searching uh, connections of um, exercise and time, uh, you know, uh, diagnosed and things like this. And Bob's name came up and I thought, oh, sounds like a good person to try. And I messaged Bob and we started connecting. Oh, that's amazing. Bob, how did you uh, get connected to the Buddy Network? Well, um, I've been at, around the Fox Foundation for a number of years, and there's a saying that we've got about you're not alone that we've used forever. And um, with the pandemic, when it happened, I immediately said, this is something I want to be in because I'm, I'm really want members of our community to know that we're out here. And uh, I think this is a great way to be there for them to find us. When Chris reached out, what did you think? I didn't know what to think. It was just a it was just a reaching out. I think we were talking originally about things that were similar to us or I was trying to help him get some information on a support group. And so we went from the emails back and forth to a video call and started from there. And and was he the first connection you made? Yes. What was your intention joining the network and, and meeting with Chris? What, what did you think your role in that was? With, with being desi- uh, diagnosed for 15, 16 years now, I thought I could impart some of my experiences and, and, and knowledge to those who needed it. Unlike anybody else, I need contact and need support. I said, what the heck? Why not? I've got nothing to lose. Right. And, and Chris, when you reached out to Bob, he seemed like a pretty good guy then? 
Yeah, Bob uh, really uh, did seem like a great guy. And I just wanted to find out a little bit more about him. And he kept wanting to find out more about him. And and especially, uh, you know, I had a selfish reason for kind of joining the network is I wanted to find somebody who uh, has been down the road a little bit further and doing it somewhat what I see as successfully. And Bob has met those kind of requirements. And so I was uh, pleased to learn more about him and to, to find out that, uh, that you can have Parkinson's and you can deal with it. Oh, that's yeah. great. Chris, that's what you learned. Bob, what did you learn from Chris? Not to pick up the phone. No, <laughs> I got the opportunity to talk to Chris about my journey and kind of the way I, I dealt with it. Uh, we talked about similar symptoms that we both had early on and, and how we're doing now and how that's changing. How often do you guys still talk? Usually every month. How long have you been doing that? Uh, since December. Wow. Yeah, that's when the first contact happened. And we both came away after having spent an hour on the uh, Zoom with, a, with each other. We said, let's talk again. And it just seems to become something that we both enjoy. And, and because we enjoy it, we probably need it. It's, it's a great resource. How has this helped you, Chris? Basically, it's given me a lot of hope. And, you know, as I look at Bob and, and hear his experiences and his dealing with it and living with the symptoms and, and doing things like golfing and all of his experiences, I go, wow, I can look forward, you know, possibly look forward to living with Parkinson's in a way that does not challenges your life, but it does not need to, to stop it. It encourages me to keep going forward. I'm consider myself somewhat active. Uh, I bicycle, I um, run, I'm still employed full-time. And I look to Bob to kind of give me the, um, the hope and the, um, um, the energy to, to keep going. Well, and I imagine with, once you establish, you know, sort of a friendship, a buddyship over the course of, you know, six months, you're able to start diving into some deeper topics. That's true. I, I know when I came to the relationship I felt that I'd be the mentor and help this person down the journey. And as we got to talking, Chris was very comfortable to talk to. And we talked about things that I don't talk to other people about for whatever reason. One of them is depression. I just don't talk about it because I don't have time to. I want to be positive and keep going and, and do that. But that's, that's an anchor. And I was comfortable almost immediately talking with Chris to be able to talk to that kind of an issue. So I became the needer. Mm -hmm. Not the needy, not the needer. So suddenly the buddy network became more than just you being able to offer what you know. It's also now serving you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. Stephanie, when you hear this story, uh, how does that make you feel? I mean, this story is, is quickly becoming one of many that we're hearing from community members. And I remember getting on the phone with Bob probably a couple months ago now. And, you know, he said, I, I, I'm met this gentleman and we set up a call and we got on the phone and we said, okay, now what do we do? Just <laughs> You know, blind date style, I guess. But I think knowing where that started and hearing this, this story that like they're both being able to learn from each other and lean on each other. I think that's what the buddy network is all about. And I'll say one thing when, when people are signing up, there is, 
not a lengthy, but a, a decent onboarding process to ask specific questions that are, um, it's a set, uh, one set of questions for people with Parkinson's, another set for um, care partners and loved ones, but it really digs into what you're looking to gain from the network and what some of your interests are, hobbies are, your stage of disease. And I think through that onboarding process and within the buddy network, you're able to really filter in and meet the right people. This was, I think, Chris's first outreach to Bob and, and it clicked. That might not always happen, but through the buddy network, you're able to really dive into finding that right person or people to make these meaningful connections. And we're hearing as more and more people are joining that more and more people are reaching out and saying, hey, I connected with someone and we had a great conversation and I found out that we live two miles from each other, you know, so these things are, these things are happening and it just reiterates how important this network is. When I signed up for it, so you first you put in your, your name and your email, uh, it asked me for my cell phone number so it can send me some SMS messages when I get a new message or whatever. I can put in my, my interests. I said how long I've had the disease. They give you ranges of how old you are. And you can put your city in there or, or any number of cities. In fact, maybe you have a Florida home and a New York home or whatever. And so you want to meet people in both, both places. Or maybe you're just in the car all the time, just driving around and just you're everywhere. So... Uh, <laughs> but I, I like to meet people everywhere. What I was surprised to find out is I immediately, when I, when I looked in my little area, uh, there was people from like some of my original support groups that I've lost track of. And so I was able to reconnect with people, which is really cool. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen less than forever. I wonder how he's doing. For me, that was sort of a, a surprise of it. A landmark study that could change the way Parkinson's disease is diagnosed, managed, and treated is recruiting participants now. PPMI, or the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative, needs people with and without Parkinson's, especially people age 60 and up who have close relatives living with the disease. Take a short survey today at michaeljfox.org PPMI to see if you're eligible. That's michaeljfox.org slash PPMI. Now, with the social media uh, and with the Parkinson's uh, community uh, being, uh, you know, mostly on the older end of the demographics, you know, I'm sure there are concerns about security and about it being too complicated. And so what, what has the Michael J. Fox Foundation done to make sure that everything is safe and secure? It is a safe platform that we have vetted. We are not going to be spamming the community. Um, people have to opt into our, our emails if they'd like to receive them. There is also some you know, basic you know, terms and conditions. There's also a code of conduct that people sign off on when they are registering. We want to make sure that it's a safe space, that people feel comfortable, feel comfortable sharing. There's also a way you know, a first name, last name, and email are required to sign up, but then you can actually change that name if you'd like to, or post things anonymously in the platform, because if people are not yet out with their diagnosis or still trying to kind of gauge things a little bit, you can post anonymously. We're also here to support. So there is info at parkinsonsbuddynetwork.org. 
and people can email us. Um, we've been answering questions, some about the onboarding. Some people have emailed in and say, I signed up now, what do I do? <laughs> so providing help and support. There's also resources in the network to help people navigate a little bit better. And again, you know, we're here to support. We want to make sure that people are having a, a safe and um, supported time in the platform. Well, yeah, and you mentioned the resources. It's a great connection to the Michael J. Fox Foundation because oftentimes we'll get emails or whatever, but this is, it's all in one place. So you can go look at some of the videos. You can look at some of the resource guides. You can, everything that you guys have. And I think, you know, along with the resources, I think everybody that's in the network is a resource. There are discussion topics popping up left and right about learning more about DBS or has anybody tried this? type of diet, or I'm thinking about this medication. And I think not only can we provide MDFF resources, but the community is providing resources to each other. We do not want people sharing medical advice necessarily, but if it's your own experience and what has worked for you, and you're providing that in a, in a truthful and honest manner, then I think that can pr provide a resource for the community as well. I just want people to, to hear what I heard, which is everybody who is part of the buddy network is a resource to the community. And I think that's really important because it gives us all that, that sense of value, which is oftentimes what we lack when we get diagnosed with Parkinson's is we feel like we've lost our value to most of society. So what you're doing is a real service to the community. Chris, I'd be interested in, have you shared the buddy network with anybody that you know, or uh, have you met other buddies online? Uh, yeah, actually just uh, met another buddy online in, in, that happens to be in Nebraska, small town in the middle of Nebraska. I'm on the edge of Nebraska and been talking to him a little bit, not developing quite as fast as it did with, with Bob but that's okay. Just send a couple of emails back and forth a little bit. And I think that's kind of the beauty of the, again, the, the buddy network is I can send a message to him. He can send a message to me and we don't have to give a lot of personal information yet. We can kind of explore it and go, okay, is this person somebody that I really want to connect with? And, you know, then kind of like a dating relationship, you know, take the next step and be comfortable with it because, um, you know, if, if I find out that this person, for whatever reason, is not somebody I want to continue with, I haven't given them my, my email. I haven't given them my phone number because we connect through the buddy network. And, and so all that is secure. I don't have to give it to the other person until I feel comfortable. That's great. And then, Bob, did you know he was cheating on you? <laughs> no i didn't i knew something was up because it's my turn to call and he wasn't there <laughs> back any minute but uh no i, I know now <laughs> uh have, have you had any other uh, uh connections on the uh, buddy network that you'd like to share yeah i've had a number of, of issues that are, are presented by people to me where can i get to a support group and those kind of things and and where can I get information? And I try to steer them in that direction. Uh, some folks, have, I found somebody who went to college when I was there. We weren't near each other, uh, but he was still living in, near the college. So some people I want to talk to him. I've got 10 or 12 golfers I'm trying to put together 
to see whether we could do something. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, and that, and that could that could lead us into the other side of, of Fox Foundation where we could do an event. Some are hot topics, some are cold. And if it's a hot topic, I engage. If it's a cold topic, I say, I just really don't do that. I do this. But if I can help you, then just don't hesitate to get back to himself. So I've had a number of people. For folks who've never used a social media platform or maybe just only Facebook, uh, how would you compare the experiences? And I'm guessing a lot of people are just nervous to join another social media, even though it's run by Fox. It's like, it's like, hey, it's another thing I got to check or it's another thing I got to do. And how, how would you talk them through the process? Well, the thing that, that I found was that it, it was more secure than I'm capable of breaking. And I felt that if I couldn't get to something, it was hard to get to. And I could get back to the, to the foundation and get, get resources engaged to, to get am- answers. So I just right away became comfortable with everybody else's out there. They're suffering like we all are. Yeah. And uh, the, the platform itself by not being perfect in the beta gave me, gave me a little trouble moving around. And I, and I thought that's good. If you, you don't, if you can't find me, that may be a very good thing. Yeah. We, we learned a lot through feedback from Bob and our other beta testers on ways to improve the platform. And we're, we're continuously, even now that we have launched more publicly, still making updates, still trying to to change a couple of things to make it more user-friendly. One thing that I think both Bob and Chris kind of touched upon is this idea that people are looking for people in like life situations, but also looking for that mentorship or mentee kind of relationship as well. And so we're building out a actual mentor group that is going to be a better way for people like Bob, who wants to mentor others to formally raise his hand and say, I'm here, reach out. I am really eager to talk about X, Y, Z. And for people like Chris to say, oh, that's exactly who I'm looking for. So it is happening organically already. Obviously they found each other, but as a way for people, not only to meet people in like areas, but also this kind of mentor-mentee relationship. I know we have our new, or not new, but our PPMI study is going to be recruiting once again. And we've got lots of people in the platform that are already part of the study and are eager to talk about it and, and you know, talk about some uh, demystify cl- clinical trial participation. So I know we're really excited and eager just to get um, that up and running. Um, so we have that added layer of people being able to connect. Well, what's really interesting as you say that, Steph, is when the foundation was founded uh, by Debbie and Michael, it was really research focused. And we accidentally uh, along the way found our way into uh, the community. Like there's this whole big Parkinson's community. And now that Parkinson's community is fueling the research, which I don't think anybody anticipated, you know, 20 years ago. No, I think we know that clinical trial participation is just as important as dollars for research. Research can only go so far without people in the clinic being able to donate their time and energy towards research. So anytime that we can promote some of these these trials or, or help connect people so that they can understand more from somebody that's been down that road or or tried this or tried that. Um, We're just excited to have those opportunities. 
Now, are people only meeting on the Buddy Network and then meet in person or post-COVID or, or on the phone or... Great question. We are so hopeful that people will take their relationship outside of the Buddy Network. While it does provide an online platform for people to connect globally, we've got all 50 states represented and over 45 countries represented in the platform. But like I mentioned, you know, we're, we're learning about people that have, have said, I met somebody that lives two minutes down the road or a couple miles away. And, and we're hopeful that, you know, as things are opening up again, people are going to say, hey, let's go grab coffee and get together in person. Or like Bob said, you know, let's get this group of golfers together out on the golf course. So um, while the, the network does provide that, that safe opportunity and, and Chris mentioned, like you don't give your phone number, you don't give your email, it is a safe place to, to start a conversation. But then if you wanna take it outside of the platform, by all means, we're, we're hopeful that people do. Okay, now I got a serious question for you, Steph. Is is the woman who's joining every Facebook group about Parkinson's there who 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 posts about how she was cured by herbal re remedies? How do you keep those people out? Great question. Um, I have not seen such a post yet, but as part of that code of conduct that I mentioned earlier, we have the right to remove any content or people from the network that are not adhering to to that code um, that are promoting that they have the, the magic cure or um, that they wanna try to sell you a product. Um, we are in the network every day monitoring. We, we have ways of, of capturing keywords or, or phrases that are popping up and we're definitely taking that seriously. We do not right. want to turn the platform into everybody trying to sell this or, or that. So um, yeah, great, great question, but it is very, very important to us. Okay. I'll jump in there. I, again, I, I think that that's what I found is that it gave me a confidence that, yeah, when I connect to somebody, I'm not going to just stumble into somebody who's going to try and sell me a herbal product. If I find that, that I could just kind of leave the connection and go, well, they haven't got my contact information, so I, I don't need to deal with them anymore. I can come on the Buddy Network, and uh, it, since it's uh, powered through the Michael J. Fox Foundation, it's linked in there, um, and they won't give out my email and my phone number, but I can still make connections. That's, yeah. Which is great. Can well, I just jump in one, one more thing? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Talk about the social network thing. Um, follow a couple of uh, Facebook feeds and that, and, I've, and the Buddy Network. Uh, discussion pages and stuff like that but I I'm just not a person you know I, I read them I find good information but I I just don't comment on them you know I don't type in a response and and join the conversation where with the this part of the buddy network you know I I talk to Bob I ask him questions I jump in and it's kind of a the neat thing about the Buddy Network, the unique thing about the Buddy Network that sets, I think, separates it from Facebook pages and stuff like that, which are great. I Again, I follow them, but yeah, I, I don't connect, I don't communicate through. It gives you a little bit more uh, sense of security and a little bit more confidence that even if mm -hmm. you, you know, everybody here is in the same boat. And it gives you, it gives you power of, of enforcement. I mean, you, you can cut off something that you, you don't want to deal with 
And, and I, I had someone who was asking for help finding a support group in their local area. Well, I've got to go find that. And so I said, I need to know where you live. Give me the town. And that's all out of state. And I'll go from there. And if you don't want to give it to me, that's okay. I just need that to go try to get this information for you. And next thing I knew, I had an address and was able to, to help them. Is there anything else people should know about the Buddy Network, why they should join? I think that we've all faced a challenge over the pandemic in this last year or so. And when we were able to deal with it on an individual basis and feel comfortable that we were vaccinated and things were going back to normal, things would get better. And what I found was that during that period, there was this cloud over everything. When's it gonna get better? And when I was able to get in and talk to folks who had the same challenges I have above and beyond the normal person in the, in the society to help them help me get through that and move on to the other side. And that was really empowering and really important to me. I lead a support group. Um, you know, I, I have connections uh, with other people with Parkinson's. As a leader of the support group, I feel constrained not to dominate the talk and at the same time, you know, not um, lead it and, and don't necessarily, again, just jump in and explore the things that I want to talk about and, and, sh and share because, you know, kind of the leadership role there, you know, I, I want the group to uh, feel comfortable and not be dominated by me. Uh, again, uh, the Buddy Network allows me to talk to Bob on a conversational level and connect and, and just, I love to hear Bob's stories about his being in trials, um, research trials, not, not, Oh, I thought you were convicted. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd better clarify that. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie, well, uh, why should people uh, sign up for the Buddy Network? How else would we have connected a gentleman in Florida to a gentleman in Nebraska? I mean, mm -hmm. I think that their story resonates. Also, a, a part of the PD community, my dad had Parkinson's for 16 years. I've connected with other loved ones that have someone that has either is living with Parkinson's or has passed and have built connections with, with those people. You know, it's kind of a, a virtual young professionals network almost of, of ways to connect with others and just talk. Sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger than it is your best friend. And, you know, Bob even said he, he's opened up to, to Chris about certain topics and, I think the opportunity is there to make these connections, to learn more, to really take charge of your diagnosis or take care of yourself, whether you're a person living with Parkinson's or, you know, you have a loved one with PD. It is a great tool to really give you that power. Yeah, it, I, I'm just looking here right now, live, live in motion here, uh, the discussion page. Uh, has anybody been on Cinemat? Uh, so there's that question. There was somebody else asking about DBS. I love this question. How do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Mm -hmm. Do you visualize a healthy you or a compromised you? Like th there's all sorts of great things for people, people asking about where you can find free meditation online. And so th this is a, this is a great resource. So I encourage everybody to go there. It's the Parkinson's buddy Parkinson's 
buddynetwork.org. There's an S on Parkinson's. Oftentimes it's either a Parkinson or a Parkinson's. This is a Parkinson's buddynetwork.org. Thank you, Chris and Bob and Steph for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you, Larry. Take care. And thank you for listening to the Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's podcast. If you like it, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to raise awareness of the podcast and the cause of Parkinson's disease. And please share this episode with your friends and followers on social media. A personal endorsement goes a long way. For everyone at the Michael J. Fox Foundation who is here until Parkinson's isn't, thank you for listening. I'm Larry Gifford. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's the same handle, at Parkinson's Pod. Did you enjoy this podcast? Share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find and support our mission. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation at michaeljfox.org. Thanks for listening. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.